This weekend at the box office, multiverses and multiplexes everywhere were wide open as crowds not seen in nearly three years swung into theaters for everyone's favorite web slinger. Plus, season screenings continues as we watch a modern holiday classic. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 180th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host Brian. And I'm your host Noah and this week uh, my part will be played by the version of me that you all loved back in 2001. Mm. Uh, so just congratulations to you. And I the, am the playing listener. the part that you thought, 2001, huh. And I'm playing the part that you thought was uh, good, but uh, could do without in 2014. But uh, suddenly I come in the room and I get a huge round of but applause. But the important, the important part is that you were great at that part. Yeah, and Just I'm also the, dating him Stone. I yes, realize in this the part, uh, helps. the podcast they had you on at that time right. kind of sucked. Yeah. But uh, but you were outstanding. But get ready and, for that. Welcome back. There's anytime. already a push for the third installment of that podcast. Well, people are exhausting. <laughs> Terrible. No. God damn it. All right. Top five. All I'm we're, saying, we're, we're all get, I'm saying yes, is that say if it. Sony does want a Spider-Man universe and like, you know, Holland's in the MCU and they want to do other shit, Garfield's not a bad idea. It'd probably I, be pretty cheap and people seem to be buzzy about it. So I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take a nap <laughs> instead of reading this top five. No, top five. Here we go. I I will not be elaborating so as to not uh, step on the later portion of our podcast. But in honor of season screenings, I will be listing the top five Love Actually storylines. Okay. With, again, no elaboration at this time. All right. Number five, Billy Mack and Joe. This is a... It's pretty low. Bill uh, Bill Mack. Pretty low. It's always been one of my favorites. It's in the top five. It's on the I, list I guess, at all. I guess there's 38 of them. Yeah, so lots sure. of them did not make the list. Sure. Uh, number four, David and Natalie. The Prime Minister uh, has okay. a tryst, or a love, rather. Number three, Harry, Karen, and Mia. Uh, Alan Rickman and uh, Emma Thompson and are married. Mia. Yeah, and Mia <laughs> are married, and then Mia. Uh, number two, John and Judy. This is uh, Martin Freeman uh, as the stand-in with the uh, woman whose name I don't have in front of me. And number one is Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Carol is also a part of this on Wikipedia, even though she just shows up at the end. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Liam Neeson and Jojen Reed from Game of Thrones uh, falling in love. Okay. As everyone in this movie is wont to do. It's a good list. Uh, thank you. I welcome any commentary from you if you would like, but... I thought we were saving it. I no, uh, I'm I'm I'm, sa- I'm saving mine, but I don't control you in this segment. I guess that makes sense. I've I've, I've always been partial to Colin Firth okay. storyline in that a lot. I really like his sweet thing with Pro- her. Probably six for me. Uh, I like him rushing there and everyone the whole town. I, that music when that swells when the whole town's walking, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, I get the Keira Knightley thing. Although I like that it's more complicated than it seems. I, For some reason, this is the first time watching where I go, oh, he's just, they don't get together. Even though I've seen this movie dozens of times. Sure. Um, 
and the American guy, the guy who wants to go to America sucks, and is that it? Maybe? Oh, Laura Linney, uh, which is just kind of, you know, bland, but uh, I don't know, is that it? Uh, I... I think that's about it. I'll uh, I'll we'll we'll go over in yeah. detail when we uh, when we get there. I've got the the list in front of me again. I uh, in the meantime, our actual top five. I uh, Spider Man No Way Home. Heard of it? Open at number one with. I'll wait for you all to sit down. Two hundred and sixty point one million dollars. I lied. I did not wait. Some people fell over just now hearing two hundred and sixty point one million dollars. Encanto came in at number two with, hold on, $6.4 million. It was a 35.1% drop. That is up to $81.4 million. West Side Story came in at number three with $3.6 million. That was a 65.4% drop. That's up to 18.2. Ghostbusters Afterlife was four with $3.4 million. A 51.9% drop. That's up to 1722 and Nightmare Alley opened at number five with $2.8 million. Our feature presentation, Spider-Man No Way Home, opens with two, what is it, 261 now? That's two, the total? No, 260. 260. Point one. Point one. Uh, $601 worldwide debut. That's more than The Amazing Spider-Man 2's entire run at the domestic box office. Woof. And just a notch behind The Amazing Spider-Man's 262 in three days. Bigger than any film... Bigger than any film's total this year. Biggest film of the pandemic in three days. You'd have to go back to December 26th, 2019 to find a film that made more money than this. And that's when Star Wars crossed that mark on day seven. Just about tripled the previous best weekend of the pandemic, which was the $90 million opening of... Uh, uh, Shang-Chi? No, Venom. Venom, damn it. Venom. Uh, it's the third biggest global opener in history. It's the sixth film ever to cross $500 million in a single weekend globally, and only the second film in history to do that without being released in China. This does not have China numbers in it yet. Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Ecuador, Ukraine, Turkey saw their biggest opening weekends ever. The film was so in demand that in territories where curfews are currently in place, theaters are opening early in the morning. To accommodate wow. the demand. Which also just makes sense. Second, I'm sure bars open earlier too. Second biggest weekend in domestic box office history, beating Avengers Infinity Wars 257 in August of 2018, which is notable because... I, the beating uh, Infinity War is notable, you mean? Or just that sure. weekend was notable? Well, that weekend was notable. Okay. I... That, our, oh, yeah, that's when we started. It was our first podcast yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In I, was, I, was, I was reaching for box office reasons. Yeah. It was notable. And I was like, I don't know. It is an A-plus cinema score, and with the holidays coming up, this could well, this will become one of the biggest films of all time. Um, the numbers are just staggering. The variant is going to be very interesting. Uh, and I'm not talking about the variants that'll show up in uh, Doctor Strange's Multiplex Madness. No, I mean the deadlier ones. Um but, uh, yeah, those are going to be interesting. But if this just plays like a normal Christmas blockbuster, I mean, we're looking at possibly Endgame's second place total of 858 domestically. Yeah. Uh, wow. Off the top of your head, and, you know, we talk a lot about how opening 
the week before a holiday is a big deal. How often do like colossal blockbusters open like right before Christmas? Star Wars. I mean, yeah, okay, Star Wars is good. Before Star Wars, it was like Avatar and I Am Legend, which had $70 million weekends. Okay. And then Force Awakens was 248. Last Jedi was 220 something. Rogue One was something less than that. And then Rise of Skywalker was 177. Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking ahead to what kind of drop we're going to see next weekend. Because normally when a movie opens well, so fucking big, it's a really big drop. Well, right? this has because going for it's it. Got so is much room to fall. One of the biggest movie going days of the year is Christmas Day. Exactly. And that's on a Saturday, which is already the biggest grossing. I think the biggest might, might be. Well, Friday with Thursday rolled in. But pure day gross, Saturday is the busiest day of the week anyway for a movie. So so the the second weekend here I mean, it's, it's, could be I feel uh, like it, equally as uh, silly. I feel like it's going to drop a. I feel like it's going to drop 100 mil easy. Okay. But. Even let's put it this way, even if it drops a hundred million dollars, which is a rare club to be in, uh, in your second weekend, it would still be higher than the record-breaking gross opening weekend of Spider-Man three in two thousand and seven, which yeah. was one fifty-one or something, and is still like higher than I think we were expecting. Yeah, going into this weekend of like. What if Spider-Man yes. makes like 125? Yeah, that like be cool? one, 180 was the ceiling. Yeah. We were all like, boy, that'd be nuts. Like, let's prepare for a 110 and be okay with the legs. So yeah, this just blew everyone away. Yeah. And we know but, Spider-Man is the most famous and beloved superhero in the world. But, uh, and in two of his movies have broken the opening weekend record. But that last time that happened was in 07. That was at the 158 the or legs. 151 or something. Because he has eight of them. Yeah. Yeah. Spider. Also opening this weekend, Nightmare Alley made $3 million. Yeah. It was, it was killed in that alley. And uh, Push, bum. Push Bill the Rise Part 1 opened with $1.3 million. That's uh, in what place? Uh, seventh. Seventh. Uh, per theater average is 3300 Again, uh, Indian language film. Do very well. In its second weekend, West Side Story made three and a half, dropped sixty-seven and eighteen million dollar total. Hashtag you can see them both. That's a huge drop if for a you, movie that made so little money. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little If you all feel comfortable seeing Spider Man No Way Home in a crowded theater, you can certainly see West Side Story in a nearly empty theater that it's playing in currently. So get over yourselves. I'm, and go see the fucking movie. I'm concerned they just don't want to very much. I don't care. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a fine point. <laughs> what do I care then? Well, they'll be surprised by how much they like it then. Sure. sure. Assholes. Uh, House of Gucci in our spotlight crossed a hundred million worldwide. Uh, it's gonna do maybe close. It'll get close to fifty domestically and and. 120 uh, worldwide for, I mean, it costs a lot, but right now in a pandemic for a, a dramatic film, that's pretty good. So there you go. You think we'll get a sequel about Jared Leto's character uh, dying in poverty? House of Paolo. Yeah. Houseless Paolo. It's me. in line to see it. That's all I have for you. All right. I, well, then, let, did, did it make more or less than Die Hard 2? We all know how to play. I name a movie. Etc. Yes. Your first film is Peter Rabbit. 
Hmm. I'm going to say less. Uh, yes, less is correct. Written down the wrong year. Something's going wrong. No, I, I had I had written down the wrong year. And is it 2018? Myself, it is. Yeah, I had written down 15, and I thought that's impossible. Because <laughs> I remember I've I've told many times the stories of just Peter Rabbit at work yeah. at the theater back in the day. Big. It was really unpleasant. Big deal. The children. President's Day was sure. hell. Sure. I. Uh, but yes, that was less in 2018. That is two points. Your second film is Kingsmen, The Secret Service, in um, honor of the final rapturous pending release of The King's Man. Yeah, I'm going to look up the tomato score on that. Um, I'm going to say, I think that's a 130. I'm going to say more. You're going to say right. Yeah. Pal. And that was in 2015. Yes, correct. I should not have said. Well, just, no. Just in case. You, you probably knew that. I but... do. It opened the same weekend as Fifty Shades of Grey. It okay. was a big, like, oh, that made a lot of money. Yeah. But still, on the off chance, it was a that was a, that was an extra clue that I don't think you need here. Spawned a franchise. Uh, getting me nervous hmm. with your four points so yeah, far, but... and I'm concerned you're going to knock Hustlers out of the park. Hus- oh, man. Hustlers did. I'm going to say Hustlers is less, though. It was, yes. 2019. Yeah, that was it. Knocked it out. <laughs> All right. Still, though, $100 million for Hustlers. Was that just a solid, was it just 100 It wasn't anything more? It was like just... I mean, I, it might have been like 101. Yeah, but, yeah. It but yeah, like, it was, yeah, it was a hit. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so... Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> I, like wish, a, I wish I liked the movie more, but It was like, just a drama. Yeah. And it just, made that much money. Just wild. Good yeah, for them. That's nice. I... Yeah, your uh, second clean sweep All right. of Did It Make More or Less than Die Hard 2. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Outstanding stuff. Uh, come and gone from a theater near you. You ready to go back in time? Yeah. All right. 2012. Uh, this will be the weekend of uh, of Christmas, the weekend including Christmas. Okay. So. Well, first, go ahead. So, so it's just a matter of... Uh, the, the actual weekend is the 21st to 23rd. So do you want to do weekend numbers or oh, Christmas I, numbers? When it gets to these kind of numbers, especially this year, I'm going to have no clue. So okay. we'll, we'll just do Christmas because I'll just aim high. Okay. Um, but the first one is uh, uh, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. I That is uh, topping the chart, yes. Is that what well, you're looking had, for? What no, it had, for? it had opened the weekend prior. Are you, oh, I thought because it was Christmas you're just looking for what? Okay, you're looking for what opened. Yes, but that is uh, The Hobbit is number uh, one. That is correct in its second weekend. Silver Linings Playbook? Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, no, none of those things. Uh, Lone Survivor would have been... Lone Survivor? No. Okay. American Sniper? No. 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 This is tough. I don't know. Give me some clues then. All right. Uh, so your first film... Into the uh, Woods. No. No. First so film 13, opened 14. at number two. It uh, was a uh, action movie featuring a genuine movie star. Did we see it? I, I think... I've never seen it. You didn't see it in theaters that I know of. Uh, and I don't know that you ever finished it. So I started it, but you don't know if I've ever finished it. Correct. Wow. Um, I think I'm thinking of the right movie there. I don't. I keep going. Uh, based on a novel, a series of novels, frankly. 
Okay, so it's it was supposed to be a franchise and it wasn't. It wasn't the Golden Circle. That was way earlier. It wasn't Aragon or whatever that's called. That was way earlier. A genuine movie star. No, I don't. More. Your your next clue is that uh, it did in fact spawn a sequel. I don't know. You don't know. All no, right. I don't know. All right. Here this we isn't go. A, the, these 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 years are, are I got blinders on. We're uh, we're moving into the uh, the reading the uh, reading the plot All portion right. of this. A homicide investigator. Uh, no, it's no. I was going to say the uh, girls drank that too, but you've seen uh, that, and that's not what he does in yes. that movie. Digs deeper into a case. That doesn't elaborate on anything. <laughs> a homicide detective? No, I don't know. He's working on a case. Oh, yep. Yeah. I remember that one. Involving a trained military sniper. No? Who shot five random victims. Oh, wait. Oh, Jack Reacher. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Jack Reacher. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I didn't finish that. <laughs> Joe thinks it's good, though, I think, or he thinks it's fun. I don't know. Um, that opened, let's say, tw- oh, that didn't do well. Let's say uh, Let's say 30 for the long. I, no, it was 23 no, for the I long. I was going to say 20. Shit. Yeah, and 15 for shit. the weekend. They still made a sequel. I wonder what that uh, ended yeah. up with. Number three film yeah. is a sequel uh-huh. of sorts. A uh, sequel slash spinoff. Hmm. Is Jack Reacher finished with 80? Yeah. And there's the worldwide gross that gave him. And that's how we got Jack Reacher, never go back Reacher. (laughs) Uh, So this this opened in fourth. Okay, it was. Opened in third. It was a third. It was a spinoff. Yes. Of a movie. Did we see the first one or this one? Both. Why did we see it? I we liked the first one and we're oh. looking forward to this. Oh, that's great. I need another clue. Uh it's a comedy. A spin off this is forty. Yes. Spin off comedy, yeah. Not a lot of those. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not very many at all. Um that didn't open well. I'm gonna say sixteen. It was seventeen for yeah. the long for the uh, the Christmas weekend. Yeah, yeah and yeah. eleven and a half. Comedies for... are re- comedy and horror. Re- well, not necessarily. If it's a comedy, everyone can see you can do it. Yeah, but uh, and then finally uh, for the number six opener, we are going uh, straight into our plot game. Okay. Uh, as inventor. Andy Brewster, I've decided to start giving you the names unless they are Jack Reacher okay. or something. It's about, it's about an inventor. Yes. Named Andy. No. Go is on. about to embark. Oh. Su- Sullivan's Travels? No. Gulliver's Travels? No. Secret Life Walter Mitty? No. Hold on. That would be inventor Walter Mitty. <laughs> Probably. No, he could run into, runs into Walter Mitty. I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right, keep going. Uh, is about to embark on the road trip of a lifetime. <laughs> oh, man. 
Is it Alvin and the Chipmunks, the road chip? No. It's a bad weekend for me. Go ahead. A quick stop at his mom's house. Guilt trip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Saw that on Christmas Day. Congratulations. No. Wasn't my idea. (laughs) And since my uncle won't let me forget that I made him see the great La La Land, I will never let my mom or aunt forget that we saw the guilt trip. That's. I think that's fair. That's reasonable and even-handed. All right. Guilt trip open to... We were included in that. I'll say 12. Uh, Let's see. That was... Nine mm. over the long weekend. Wow. Yeah. Sixth place. Not great. That's true. And uh, that is all for this weekend. This did see the limited release of Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Which made $417,000, a $83,000 per theater average. Arguably should have gotten Chastain her, uh, her actress Oscar. Perhaps. All right. We have an early reaction. Oh, boy. Oh dear. Which is surprising to you. Oh god. Is it not? You seem very surprised. I'm 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 shattered. We have a... Okay. We're watching the trailer for The Lost City. Have you heard of this? Uh this is the Sandra Bullock film. Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, uh, Star Vehicle. I believe it's Paramount, might be Sony, but it's uh it's it's an original, not based on anything comedy, going for That's star good. power. So and if anyone can do it, it's Bullock. Because she's she seems yeah. to be unbreakable at the box office. So uh, Noah hasn't seen this; uh, he's barely heard of it. So uh, we're gonna return off the recording, watch the trailer, get his instant reaction and his instant prediction for its uh, box office opening weekend. So we'll turn the mics off, but uh, I think it'll be fine. Because as always, it'll be seem less. The Lost City, directed by Adam and Aaron Nee, N E E. That's tough. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they're brothers, I guess. Um, releasing March 25th, 2022. Paramount Pictures. Maybe on Paramount Plus. I don't know, but I think it's supposed to just be in theaters. Uh, your first time seeing it, what did you think? My guess is it's not your... That trailer doesn't seem like it's your style. No, and I think I blame the song. Yeah. Cake by the Ocean yeah. is like, what, five years old? Is that true? I don't know. It feel that could that could also just be like the pandemic has warped time, but I feel like that song. I'm gonna go with eight years old. It's good lord. That's what I, I'm gonna say. I, I feel know. like the, the, six years old. That song is six years old. That's insane. Why is it in this trailer? What's it doing there? I know. There's... Has any music come out in the past <laughs> six years? Uh, I agree. I also would have rather they have played the music straight. And let the comedy, like like a adventure score. Okay, sure. Or even like if they just got the kids Paramount. They, I think they should have just used like the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme through the whole thing. I think that'd have been fun. Sure, yeah, something. But that's just, I think that song made the whole thing feel cheap. Cheap. I'm cheap. That's what I was thinking. It, it feels, it feels like a shitty generic comedy from 2015. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, However, oh, go ahead. I was gonna uh, say what I think. But go ahead. I. No, I'll uh, I'll actually pivot back okay. to you. Okay. First of all, I the, the Wikipedia site is to be believed they are spoiling a major cameo in this movie, which seems a shame. Big Brad? No, <laughs> no. Um, but he is just gonna die immediately. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, no, I think everyone is in their bag on this though. 
Like, I think this is this is the type of comedy role Bullock excels at. Uh-huh. Like, her getting, like, blown by the, the, the jets, her opening the... That, that gag where she opens the car and it falls over is pretty funny. Sure. And her face during that explosion is just, like, that's a very Sandra Bullock move to me. That, ah, ah. Yeah. Um, Channing Tatum, I mean, that th- this is this is what he does. Yeah, I wish he wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I... Well, you'll be excited for Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yeah, more than this sure. probably. I have I just I always have a hard time with like comedy characters where the gag is like look how stupid they are. Isn't that funny? I don't I I don't think that he's doing that in this. They haven't said any they there's nothing in that to make him think that he's dumb. He just he likes the attention of being the cover model. Yeah. And he's not equipped to rescue her. But he didn't say anything like wrong. Like he didn't do a thing where he's like, "Oh, we're going to go to uh uh, Guada, uh, Guada, Guadalajara. Yeah, and like it's I, Guatemala. I th- I think when he's like, I just wanted to see me as more than a cover model, and then it cuts to him in like the the comically overprepared airport thing with the yeah, neck sure, pillow, sure. and he's got like bags well, and stuff. Vain. I, I mean, yeah, I know, and that's that's kind that's kind of the same thing. All right, sure. Of just like this is not this is not a person to be taken seriously, and that is the nature of what's funny about them. Sure, I uh, it's not um, always for me. And uh, I love a good cameo. And I also love Brad Pitt doing comedy. So I'm very excited for that. And I just think that it's... This is like the kind of thing that's like... It's, it, and also Daniel Radcliffe playing against type. And so it's the kind of thing where it's... It's a comedy, but it's playing in the action sandbox a la Central Intelligence, which could just make it uh, kind of pop with audiences. But I think that looks like a ton of fun. I think it, it's... A, in my mind, that's a good, that's a fun movie hidden by a generic and lazy trailer. Yeah, I think that that could that could be true. There's enough stuff in there to make me go, oh, okay, that's that, that's going to be entertaining. Um, like for instance, the 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 line where she goes like, uh, where he goes like, let's go home. And she goes, oh no, I can, I I'm close. I could actually find the lost city, or just some like line that's clearly cut into a million pieces. And like, yeah, why do you think that? Uh, I think I think it looks like a ton of fun. I'm really hoping it does well, because we need original movies to do well. March is pretty barren right now, I believe, but something could move into it. Um, whatever was going to be in March just moved out of it. I forgot what it was. And uh, speaking of March, they slated John Wick Chapter Four today. Did you hear that? I did not. March twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. So we wow. even though they're done filming it, we're gonna good wait a whole year. Um. The Lost City, yeah. Bullock, Tatum, what is it opening to? I think this is going to be a uh, a big uh, pandemic hurt. Oof. Uh, I think this seems like a movie that could uh, reliably open to $20 million, but is instead going to open to $8 million. Oof. I really hope that's not the case. The fact that they have the stars introducing the trailer makes me think that they think they have something, they, they know what works for them. Maybe. You know what I mean? But Just I don't it, know. I don't know. Mar- March feels like it's right around the corner, and I, I do not think wrong. we're ready for, like, standard, uh, possibly better than it looks, but ultimately throwaway uh, comedy movie doing really well. All right, season screenings. Oh, boy. Christmas is here. Happiness uh, and cheer. And we watched Love Actually. It's my pick. I thought you hadn't seen it when I announced that this was the pick. Actually, in the last bite, I said, you've never seen it. You gave me a look. But we cut. I said, what? And you go, no, I've seen it. 
which I didn't know. It was released November 14th, 2003, written and directed by Richard Curtis, starring <gasps> Hugh Grant, Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Kieran Knightley, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, Chihuahua, LG4, Andrew Lincoln, Laura Linney, Martin Freeman, with Rowan Atkinson and Bill Nighy. 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, 55 Metacritic. So what is your history with this movie? I have seen it before. I uh, many years ago when I was less prepared to uh, enjoy a movie like this. Yeah. And enough time had passed that I'd started thinking, you know, I probably should see it again. Give sure. it another shot. I, uh, and so this just, this seemed like a, it wasn't necessarily a, like I've never seen it, but I've, I've, ne- I've never necessarily seen it in the proper light. Okay. The pop- proper twinkle of Christmas lights. Yes. Well, I'm so I, I've seen this a bunch of times. Um, I, it's got to be over a dozen. I've seen this. I saw it in theaters when I was 12 years old. Um, I, I liked it then. I, it's a Christmas classic. So many iconic moments in this movie: Hugh Grant's dancing, the Joni Mitchell CD scene, the "All I Want for Christmas Is You." I associate to this movie. Wow. Yeah, that's big. So much, so, and and many many things that I realize I attribute to this movie, and also I must not have been paying attention because I said in the beginning of this podcast they're like the Keira Knightley, Andrew Lincoln, Schwartz, you four thing. I really in every time I think about this movie, I go, oh yeah, and then they got together, which I always was like, I feel bad for Schwartz, you four. Yeah, well, he didn't do anything wrong, and they have that line where he goes like, you know. Um, when she says it's carolers and he goes, uh, give him a quid and tell him to bugger off. You're like, Oh, that's mean. Yeah. Is that them trying to get us to not like him? But no, this time I read it as him just going enough now. Like that's enough of your infatuation. Just let them be and just be friends with everybody, which is a really nice ending to that story. Yeah, maybe. I still think, I still think it's, uh, it's weird. That storyline has a reputation, uh, on yeah. Twitter and such as being, uh, so swoon worthy. Those cards. Oh, oh you no, gonna say Yeah. Okay. I think it's. I think its reputation has instead turned to like this is bad. Uh, it is inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I, I think that's a. Uh, you know, they're supposedly best friends. Like he was the best man at his wedding. Yeah. Like don't, don't don't come to my door, with well, cards. Well, she. I, he. She caught him. He had to do something. What do they just no, keep that quiet? No, he. She caught him, and then. His move was like, was like a grand gesture of love. Yeah, it's also weird that he goes like, "I would, I will love you forever." Some shit like that. Yeah, like, no. That's I guess dumb. what I just like about it is the maturity of the conclusion. The conclusion being, you've said it, it's out there, put it to bed. Sure. Which for like a romantic comedy is an interesting take because everything else is we get together, we break apart. And this was neither. This was just, you live with it sometimes. Yeah. It's interesting. What'd you think of the movie as a whole? Love actually. I love is actually all around us. Nine 11 happened. They, they say in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I overall as a whole, shockingly weird. The movie is. Yes. The movie is incredibly weird. Yeah. Being a rated R comedy. Yeah. I, uh, but also, like a Christmas rom-com. Mm. Like those, those two things are different. Tones. A big subplot involving children. Yeah. I, uh, and it at times navigates that like mishmash of tones uh, surprisingly well. 
in a way that's like, oh, these people are charming and fun, and like occasionally they say fuck, but otherwise, like they're just people. This and could we're... have easily been a PG thirteen. You eliminate yeah. one subplot. This is PG thirteen. I, I mean, there's also the uh, the naked movie stand-ins. Yeah, that's the one subplot you eliminate. Oh, yeah. I was I was thinking uh, your uh, your your pal, the British sex god. We don't see him having sex. They're no, just... but but that's a that is. Like, I think more than anything else, the most, sure. like, R-rated National Lampoon Presents kind of plot line. I don't think that would get it to R-rating at all. I don't think there's anything no, I said there. No, not, not, the, not the, like, material that we see, right. but just the, what it's the, about, yeah. the nature of that comedy yeah. is the kind of thing where it's like, that is an R-rated comedy. Like, British guy knows American girls like his accent, so he goes to America yeah. and has a foursome. I. Uh, is like and also like a, a, co- a couple of good gags but just like not not what i'm here at love actually for what what are the gags in that that you enjoyed i i don't I, he's got he's got a few good line readings there uh, yeah there's one line where he said like you're ugly and you you're weird and nobody likes you he goes no that's not it or something like that yeah it's a uh, I, th- I, th- I think when he's like talking about the plan with his friend yeah. his friend's like stop this and he goes never like I was, I, I laughed. Uh, I laughed at a couple yeah. of things, but just, just super, super weird stuff. I, uh, the fact that one of the one of the storylines is the prime minister, just like what if we did like what if Tony what Blair if, fucked? Yeah, but but also just like what if we did the Monica Lewinsky thing, but nice. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> it's just. It's like really weird. You want to hear something mind blowing too? This movie sure. came out in '03. Um, you know, like I'll sometimes say to you, like you know the um, the uh, well, all right. <laughs> I was gonna say the the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Um, I'll just click on that. Happened five years before this movie. Uh huh. What happened five years before right now? was, um, well, that doesn't count. I was going to say Thor was released, but that doesn't count because that seems like ages ago, too. No. Yeah, Thor was released five years ago. Um, no, 2016. Civil War came out. Captain America Civil War came out five years ago. Okay. And from Love Actually to the Lewinsky Sandals, five years. Because we were developing that, that seems to me decades earlier. Because sure. I was yeah. so cognizant for Love Actually, and I was not for that. Right. So it's just it's like previous history. But it's wild. Is, yeah. This That's is crazy. That happened in your life. That's crazy. I. So yeah, very weird. The R rating thing is strange to me at times. Uh-huh. I. Also, the fact that there's so many plot lines, I. It's. It just it stands out to me when some of them have more time to develop than others. Sure. I. And like, kind of conclude, and then others don't conclude. What which ones didn't conclude? Do I uh, the Laura Linney thing doesn't conclude, like at all. I, I think that concludes. I mean, it it just, I guess it does, but yeah, it's she... it not not in a satisfying way. It's just well, she is, she has a uh, she has a mentally ill brother, who is a, uh, you know, I mean. In, in the as far as the movie tells us, who is holding her back from living her life? Right. She she's holding herself back. He he's not doing anything. Right. He's just. But 
and then like that's just that's true throughout her whole thing and then we get a shot of her like maybe getting to live her life and then she's like no yeah i guess i guess what what's tough about that is that the well for me it is it is a complete story in the sense that she like kind of concedes that she just can't right now you know that she just she's not her parents the parents aren't there she's over here and so she can't do it with with him around what what doesn't make sense for that is why the guy in the office who seems to like her a lot is so like awkward about it like he's just like i can't believe you would go to your brother you know like like when they say hi it's weird like why aren't you just like hey is your brother okay like look do you want to go on a date like i know yeah. that that night but you must have nights where you don't get that call we can have a relationship but because he's so put off by it, which is the unrealistic part to me, she kind of concedes. So it does close. It just like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think that I he think he's I off. I think the way the movie presents it, it does kind of make sense as to why he would be put off by it. I mm-hmm. uh, when not not only does she take the call, but they're they're very pointed about her uh, her saying like, "No, I'm not busy at all. Uh, I, have, I have absolutely nothing going on. Right, sure. There's nothing important to me." Sure. You, sure while he's sure. sitting right there. Uh, and like they, they've got a, they've got an office crush on each other, but I, I totally get why he would be like, all right, all no, right. this is not, uh, this isn't worth it. So I guess it, it could be a story in the sense that like you could tell a story of someone who starts in a bad place and ends in that same bad place of like kind of their own making. Yeah. It's just, it didn't work. It is not, it is not satisfying to either of the tones this movie tries to have. Were there any others? I think the, uh, not that don't conclude, but like the uh, the cue card storyline with Andrew Lincoln, I uh, does not uh, really develop to me. I think That's part of that like is one, that one thing happens and then we get a shot at a uh, sort of at the airport sweet yeah. ending. Yeah. Uh, no, I just mean like it's there is one, there is one development of she sees the video, and then we get the cue cards oh, and. And like nothing, nothing really comes of that. It's kind of a, it's kind of a semi-sweet moment if you want to be generous, to the movie. But, I, but it's not. It's not like a plot line. It's just kind of like a little, interspersed thing. Whereas, uh, you know, Liam Neeson and his kid, get like a whole thing. Uh, Colin Firth and the uh, his relationship with Aurelia, uh, that actually gets like scenes to develop and grow and stuff. And be like a rom com. Yeah, so many of these could have just been movies. Yes, the Prime Minister, the Colin Firth, the Liam Neeson, um, even to some extent the Emma Thompson could have just been their own films. Yeah, the uh, the Emma Thompson uh, one definitely could have. I think that's actually uh, that's a good point, and why the uh, the John and Judy storyline with Martin Freeman and uh, Joanna Page mm-hmm. is her name is among my favorites in this because I think it really took advantage of the vignette format sure. and just told a very small and simple storyline uh, pretty well. Uh, it had the, uh, it had the fun, uh, the fun wrinkle of like they're, they are uh, their movie stand-ins and they're doing sex scenes. And so they're, they are, they are pantomiming sex at each other in most of their scenes in this movie, but also they are kind of shy and uh, slow to act, and that's that's a fun uh, that's a fun little wrinkle, and you it makes you it make they're both endearing, and you're like oh I 
I like them both. I want them to get together. Yeah. And then they do. And then that's it. And you're like, oh, good. I'm, we went on We went on a short little journey, and I'm satisfied at the end, and it was great. Uh, which is, uh, which is just, I think, what maybe more of the storyline should have done. What did you like about the movie? I thought a lot of the people in it were really good. I, mm-hmm. uh, the, I, uh, the Liam Neeson storyline I thought was great throughout. He did a uh, did a great job of just being like enthusiastic stepdad so supportive i the little kid did a uh, surprisingly good to my tastes uh role as like a precocious little kid i don't like the precocious little kid yeah Uh, it's it's not it's something i could do without in almost all instances but in the in this one when he's sitting there being like oh i've been destroyed by love like oh that's that's like fun and cute Mm -hmm. like good good for him i and that like that plays out also in a, you know, a fairly a fairly low stakes way. Also works with the uh, the shortened vignette premise, like he learns to play the drums and like impresses the girl and gets a kiss on the cheek and and it's it's fun. It's very good. I uh, let's see. Hugh Grant. The the uh, the prime minister thing is kind of I never quite got over that it's weird on its face, but Hugh Grant is like doing his full winning Hugh Grant thing. Uh, the uh, the woman Martine McCutcheon who plays Natalie the uh, the assistant in the office uh, also does a very good job their their chemistry is good together uh, and like overall I think it's just it is uh, it is pleasant and funny and occasionally touching uh, and just kind of to me surprisingly sticks the landing has enough people with like thoughtfulness and emotional maturity that like this does this does work as a story even though every so often while watching it i'm like what what is this movie who's it whose idea was this movie mm-hmm. and what's going on but it still kind of sticks the landing anyway cool <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. What do you? You, you didn't I mean, team me up for anything. I don't know what to say. I don't no, know if you are you those done. Were, those were uh, those were my thoughts on the movie. Uh, you've you've seen this. Uh, oh dear. So everything okay? Yeah. No. Everything's fine. It's just a. Uh, it's just a text being like, "All right, everybody. Here's the link for our family uh, Christmas Eve Zoom." Oh. And I thought, what? <laughs> I. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, you've seen this, uh, you've seen this a dozen times, uh, yeah. but are revisiting it with somewhat fresh eyes. Yeah. At least in Andrew Lincoln's case. Uh, how did, does it still hold up for you? Um, yeah, it's, I love how epic it is. Uh, I love that score. Him, that kid running through that airport to that score is so triumphant and beautiful. That, that do, 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 is so good. Even even during the movie, while you were commenting yeah. on how you liked the score, I like I don't I don't think I could have hummed any of the score right after it happened. Just made, it made no impact on me at all. Oh, and those those notes you did right there were completely brand new to me. Uh, I think it's great. Um, uh, I think that the performances are good. Yeah, some of it's slower. I've never really connected to the Lord Linney stuff. Um, I, when I was a kid, I didn't like the Colin Firth stuff because it just like, wasn't with other people. 
just those two. But I think it's really cute. I do think they take that joke of they're saying the same thing in the different languages, just bit three jokes too far. Yeah, but, sure. But then it, it does lead to the, the great line where he goes, uh, the happiest part of my day is driving you. And she says, the saddest part of my day is leaving you. I think that's beautiful. And so that, that kind of makes the, the rest of that worth it just to get to that, that kind of dichotomy line. Um, Hugh Grant's great. I love that storyline. It is weird watching it in the Me Too era because him, like, moving her and shit is just stuff that, like, can't fly, you know? Shouldn't have flown then. But him just going, I like her too much. Send her away. It's like you're punishing her because you're attracted to her and that's wrong and stuff. So Do you you think he thought that, like, something happened with President Billy Bob and his big purple tie? No. There's no way. I, I know in her letter she said, I want you to know nothing happened. I don't think that's why he goes to her at the end. He's like, nothing happened. I'll go. I think I, I think he just realized it's, it's just too complicated for him. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't actually know uh, what the correct uh, answer is here, like sexual politics wise. But it seems to me there's a reading of like, so you're you're the prime minister and you've got this uh, you've got this assistant who uh, brings you biscuits and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you guys are clearly like developing a chemistry. Uh, I think it's like, you could, you could, you could tell in that room that like both of you are kind of, kind of into the other, Uh, which is in and of itself, like a, a technically inappropriate relationship, the power imbalance and whatnot. So like may, maybe the prudent thing to do, it's like he didn't fire her. He just uh, transferred her I away from him. I don't think you can do that. So you just gotta you just gotta live in it? Yeah. You can't punish her or just like relocate her because you feel weird. I mean that's Because you have that power. I don't to do I don't that. think it's I don't think it's necessarily a punishment. It's a lateral transfer. And she doesn't want to do it. And it's a uh, She doesn't want to be transferred. It's a, it's a it's a mutual She likes weirdness. her job. She does not she didn't feel weird about it. Yeah, she, I mean, she doesn't feel weird. This is, she likes her job. She she said no mention of I'd like to work somewhere. If they had shown her going. Oh, I hope I wish he had moved me, then maybe. But as far as we know, she likes her job. He doesn't inquire. He just says I have the power to move her. Move her. I'm uncomfortable. I, I think that's wrong. I think that's. I think. I think we're in the. I think uh, we're in the understanding that that's wrong. But I, maybe I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure that I agree. And okay. I there's there are also aspects of the understanding that like I, I don't know. It's a. I think it is a complicated situation. Um, I think he's great. The dancing's great. I love him going from door to door. There are moments when that make me really happy and really take me back. The the driver doing the deep baritone singing and Hugh Grant's eyes when that happens is incredible. Those kids dancing is like one of my favorite shots of any movie. I think that's adorable. I love the way they captured London in this. Um. I think most of it, I think it's just a delight. You know, I don't think it's like a great movie, but it's, it is just Christmas, um, cheer in a way, especially most of it. I think it's, a I think it's kind of endured for a reason. Um, the Emma, the Emma, Emma Thompson's just so good in this movie. Her like collecting herself and then being excited for the kids, uh, to saying like, let's go to the car. Let's go is so good. That reaction when she opens that thing and it's just the CD, which is a thoughtful we discussed a thoughtful gift anyway. It is um, is so good. And then we cut to the the secretary wearing it in her underwear, and then her kind of saying like 
her having that talk with him. And she goes, what would you do if you were me? And then she walks ahead and there's a moment where the kid looks back at the dad. She goes, dad's coming. Dad, don't look at him. And it's, she's so good. And, uh, it's, it's great. It's very crowd pleasing at the end. Um, it's just a very sweet movie. How many cookies out of three, four, how many cookies out of four are you giving, uh, uh, love actually? I'll give it three out of four. Yeah, that's what I give it to. I think that's right. Three out of four. Our stocking stuffer this week, ER, the episode Home for the Holiday, Season 3, Episode 10, released December 19th, 1996. Um, I've watched all of ER, all 100 and God knows how many episodes. Yes. You've seen, I don't think you've seen, did I show you the Flood one all the way through? Yeah. Okay. I think I've probably seen, like, upwards of 10 episodes of ER. Really? All the way through? Yeah, I think so. Might might be you mean like be, five because of me. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you like I, I think I might have seen this one before. Oh, right. I think that's possible. What did you think of Home for the Holidays? It seemed uh, Home for, is it Home? I think it might be Homeless for the Holidays. Oh, that and I just sense. I just wrote it down wrong. I, Homeless for the Holidays. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was good. I've, uh, all of all of my experiences with ER, except for the ones that you showed me, because uh, look how fucking stupid this is. <laughs> I have been really good. Yeah. Uh, it's a very well, uh, well acted show. The drama is, uh, the drama is always there. There's even if it ever slows down for a minute and you could, you can kind of, you can kind of feel, you can kind of feel the writers being like, all right, so this scene's wrapping up. Like, what do we do? Right. Gunshot victim. Yeah. Someone uh, comes running into yeah, the yard. Man ER. on fire. Yeah. I, and that's just like kind of always exciting. Yeah, it, oh. just, it works. Them them going like ten cc's and just shit like that is so exciting. Yeah, and they really sell that where you think that that's exactly what they should be doing. I think for the most part, it's pretty medically accurate. Um, yeah, you know what's great about the show is it's it's ensemble and even like the smaller care like the nurses at the nurses station, because the camera's always moving. So when the camera is like moving down. Everyone kind of gets a line because yeah. they're in a workplace. People talk to each other. And so when people do get a line, it's not like a random person. It's a person you know less. They're not in the main cast, but you still, they get a dialogue almost every episode. So it's like, it's when the camera moves, everyone kind of chimes in on what everybody's saying. So it really does feel like a work, like a realistic sense of a, a place. Right. Um, and this is a cute episode. The dog's cute. It's, uh, it's not too sad. Kirsten Dunst is in it. Yeah. Uh, Though it's also got an incredibly heavy storyline. Yeah. Like the kind the, of the main plot. Yeah, the HIV, which by the way, 1996 and this this I think I think this has been since season 1. They've dealt with HIV wanting to really t- you know kind of tackle it, which I think is is very um uh not big of the show, but kind of uh to the show's credit that they sure. they just they really they give you a character and they don't even make her sympathetic. Like she's just a person. And so that scene with, um, with green and Jeannie where he has to stitch her up and she, and it's like a big moment. Like he trusts her, but then she throws the, would you let my daughter, would you let your daughter be stitched up by me? And he goes, uh, it kind of almost like he wants to go. I thought this was enough Yeah, <laughs> that I'm comfortable with it, but I don't really know. Like that's such an honest thing because if, in any other show, him saying, I want no you. I want you to do it. Is a big moment. We're like, right. oh, he's finally, kind of. He keeps saying he's not affected by it, but he kind of is. And so this is a big like. 
it's okay. I want you to work here. But then she goes, do you? And he's like, I do, but I didn't think of my daughter thing. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. It's also, it's also just interesting that like, he's the hard ass in the storyline. Like, yeah, but usually, usually it is flipped. It's him. And uh, I'm sorry. What's her, uh, the governor. Um, Laura Inez. Yeah, I know. Uh, There's a thousand people on the show. I got to find her. Yeah. Uh, Weaver. Weaver. Yeah. Terry Weaver. I, and like, he's, he's ostensibly the main character. Yeah? yeah. I mean, it's an ensemble, but like, he's yeah, the guy. Yeah. Mark Green is the guy. Yeah. yeah. So you would, you would think that like, he, he would be the one advocating for his friend and his, uh, his opponent Weaver mm-hmm. would be like, but we have the law and, uh, and this and that yeah. and regulations and. Uh, no, instead, he's the one that it's like the wet blanket. Like, listen, it doesn't really matter what we think of her yeah. uh, as a stocking stuffer in this uh, this segment we do. It's a a, a, a surprisingly heavy storyline for a standalone piece of Christmas fare. Sure. Uh, though the episode does also go into like sort of uh, active Christmas sentimentality. Yeah, the you got, Kirsten Dunst uh, yeah. plotline. Also, Carol's family's the festive yeah, kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, it, it merges and uh, it yeah. ends with the uh, with like a big uh, what what is it Ukrainian? Ukrainian? Yeah, a big Ukrainian Christmas with the homeless girl and the handsome doctor. And oh, it's like, so oh, this handsome. is like this 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 again. Like this is just a nice kind of sappy thing. Yeah, and that's. That is that is ultimately what we're doing here. Like well done sappy things. I would have liked for um for uh Carol for it had more to do than Noah Wiley. Yeah, I very, would have liked very uh, uh, very light Carter. on Noah Wiley this one. And uh, and and Benton cuz Carter and Benton are just so so good together and I would have really loved for them to do something. And Noah Wiley's fucking great on that show. Um and then yeah, Carol really didn't have anything till the end. No. Um which is a shame, but uh, it's it's a nice uh, Christmas episode. I like the dog thing, and and uh, um, yeah, it's just nice. It's a great, great show. I recommend everybody watch it. It's such a good, you know, right before bed. Let's watch an episode of ER. And sure. in if you do that, it'll take you you know half a year. That's not so bad. And you'll finish the show. Um, all right, that is it. Next week, New Year's. Yes. So we're going to pick our New Year's Eve stuff, and, um, well, you'll know based on the title what it is, so you can watch it before you listen. Recommend a movie for the folks. All right, I'm going to pull out the uh, classic Cerber move of recommending a movie uh, yet to come mm. and say, go see The Tragedy of Macbeth, please. Oh, yeah, Christmas Day. I don't uh, know how many theaters it's in, but... Some. Check it out. I don't... Uh, I'm not allowing myself to have any hope that, like, maybe it's going to be, like, a, like a low key hit, no. one of the one of those where like A twenty four movies no. don't actually make money, but like four and A twenty four. I don't movie. think anyone but, knows it's coming out or no. what it is. But if we could, if we could get five million dollars this weekend, that would be outstanding. I mean, and like all, all I can do to make that happen is recommend that you go see it. Okay, I don't know how many theaters it's in. I am uh, gonna recommend. I don't know. I don't want to do West Side Story again. Um, Nightmare ev- Alley. Everyone's seeing. Nightmare I don't know. How, I, don't, I don't know how it is. I I I I've been, I know everyone's seeing Spider Man. Yes. Uh, uh So I'll say. <laughs> I mean, there's another uh, another exciting opener. Yeah, Liquor's Piece is going wide. The Matrix is opening, but yeah, you, you said it was a server move, so now I'm kind of going against the grain. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Go go see Spider Man. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very entertaining. That most of you have seen it, but not all of you. Yeah, or, it's, it's still going to make a hundred million dollars this weekend. That's a lot of people that sure are going to see it. Um, Maybe you're then, one of them. If you feel uncomfortable with a crowd, go see West Side Story. Yeah. Piece of shit. Plug us up. You piece of shit. He's talking to you. I sure am. In particular. I sure am. You know who you are. You can find us at whatsinthebossoffice.com. We are on Twitter at the Wit Box Office. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm a Brian DeSerber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. And, of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. Is there a Google podcast? We're there. I don't know. I bet. We're, we're in all I like the sort know. of central things. I, there's got to be. There's got to be. Uh, and we're there. I'm and certain. we're there. We're there. Yeah. Um, that's it. Uh, next week, New Year's uh, episode, essentially. How much did Spider-Man drop? How much money did it make? And uh, did the tragedy of Macbeth become the miracle of the box office and make $5 million? We'll find out. Next week, this has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. I can't go any lower than five. I'm sorry. It's got, <laughs> like, I can't hope for a movie to make four. That's too low. Sure. Depends on my theaters. Fine. I... If it opens in four theaters and makes four, I think we can root for that. <laughs> sure. It's If it opens in four theaters, I'm going to slap someone. <laughs> opens Christmas Day, except not really. We're yeah. in San Francisco. It'll, it'll go wide in January. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh, next week is when we'll see you. This has been what's in the... Okay, I already did that. <laughs> see you next week. Oh, boy. And until then, as Krusty the Clown once said, have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Crazy Kwanzaa, a Tip Top Tet, and a solemn, eventful Ramadan. <laughs>